Shall we mm. welcome to the stool everybody's favourite, <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Peter Rollins. Oh, thank you. Stop it. So I'm going to do just a little bit of an overview of where we've got um, and what we're looking at tonight. Um, I'm going to try and sum up uh, what we've been doing over the six hours that you've had already. Uh, day one, um, as you know very well, was all about this notion of the death of God. And very briefly, I described this statement as a way of saying that reality itself is divided. There is a chaos in the cosmos of existence. There is an impurity within purity, a darkness that is within light. And when we try to separate these out, get rid of the darkness and keep the light, uh, we end up creating communities of purity and having communities of impurity that we want to reject and destroy, that we believe are monstrous. And we break the world into these binaries. So I was talking about how the death of God is this realization that we have in various sciences, uh, in evolution, uh, or in biology, it's evolution, this the not at oneness of the biological organism that creates life. Or in physics, uh, you've got um, uh, indeter or, uh, uh, indeterminacy, the idea that, we, that light acts as a wave and a particle. There's a type of not at oneness within physical reality. And I also looked at... Um, in psychoanalysis, the notion of the unconscious is that part of us that derails us and decenters the consciousness. Um, I also then looked at the idea that that anxiety then is not something that we have to try to get rid of, and anxiety is not something that we simply have to endure. Anxiety is the truth of this antagonism. When we feel anxious, we don't know what we should do or who we should be. We don't know if we should go out or stay in. We should take that job or not take it. We stay with that person or leave that person. We feel this anxiety of not knowing where we fit in. And that not fitting in, that feeling like you are an outsider, is actually part of the truth of reality itself. Anxiety is the truth of existence. And somehow we actually have to accept it and find a way to even enjoy that uh, undecidability that we experience in our lives. I also touched on the idea that, uh, I don't think I said this directly, but um, I'll say, I'm trying to say these things succinctly <laughs> tonight. I took six hours to say them. These are the, the, um, the tweetable parts of it. Um, is that the difference between humanism and Christianity is that in humanism, people realize that God does not exist. In Christianity, God realizes that God does not exist, right? Um, and I actually, I think I've told some of you this, but my, one of my very few spiritual experiences uh, was when I was in my early 20s, and I had a dream. And uh, the, in this dream, I was down a place called the Wandsworth Road, and the whole place went white. And God appeared and told me that God did not exist. And... That has been something that I've been trying to work with right through from when I was probably in my early 20s to now when I'm 48, trying to work through the, the significance of that notion. Because what you have in Christianity at this key moment is when Christ cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So God experiences the loss of God and then God dies. Now, the reason why that's significant is because 
as we've talked about in humanism, when God dies, when you no longer believe that God will make you whole and complete, Nietzsche says that we find other things that will make us whole and complete. Commodity satisfaction, psychedelic enlightenment, sexual revolution, whatever it is, something that takes the place, some new thing that's going to make everything perfect, some new utopia, some new wholeness and completeness, certainty and satisfaction. And to free ourselves from this, what we need to do is somehow experience reality itself collapsing. Now this brings us to the second night, the wake of God. I talked about how um, whenever someone dies, the death is a type of trauma and we can't speak it. It's a too muchness, something that we can't put into words, that we can't describe. And a wake is an attempt to put that death into words, to put it into song, to tell stories, to remember the person who has died to put this into a symbolic form. And in doing that, we remember the one who has died. And then there is life after death because they live within our words and within our work. By mourning and putting that person into the symbolic, we somehow carry them on into the future. This is life after death. And what I talked about is how we need music and comedy and art and storytelling that helps us encounter our brokenness and our anxieties and our fears rather than repress them. And the point of parotheology is to create a liturgy that does that. And we experience, in a sense, what I talked about is that we think that the liturgy is God. We think that what's going on when the music and in the storytelling reflects reality. And what we hear in that music and what we hear in that storytelling is actually an affirmation of the antagonism of existence, that we are pure and impure, light and dark. That's the profane temple. And so that brings us over to this evening, which is about resurrection. What resurrection is, is that life after death. It's that point when you're able to speak the trauma of this rupture within reality, you're able to put it into words, you're able to describe it and articulate it. And in doing that, something of what you've lost returns. So as I mentioned, you have a death of somebody, you have a wake where you articulate that death, you remember that person, and then you have the afterlife where they are alive within your work and your words. In the same way, when God dies and we experience the loss of truth and beauty and justice and some ultimate answer to everything, as we're able to take that into ourselves, we discover that beauty, justice and truth is not some object to grasp, but rather is in the work of love is in the community of people living together, looking out for each other. God is not an object that you love, but the name of a depth dimension you encounter in the act of love itself. We become the body of God in the world. And so tonight what I want to do is look at that resurrection, what it means to be a community where we embrace this type of brokenness that I've been talking about. Uh, We affirm it and where we 
become the meaning and the beauty and truth in living together and being together. <laughs>